Think 507th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Your home for the lowest priced last minute tickets. Download the Game Time app today and use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog's Pick'em for a chance to win 100 times your entry. Use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com for a 100% deposit match. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Howdy ho, Degenerinos, back again in your ear holes and eye holes. It's episode 507 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As I'm losing my voice already, the show just started. This one goes out to my brother, my baby brother, the youngest of the Foxes who celebrated a birthday yesterday. I don't know if he listens to us still, but um, he'll mention it to me if he does listen to us still. If he doesn't mention anything to me about saying happy birthday, I'll know that he's a traitor. And doesn't listen to me anymore, even though I'm using his song at the top of the episode, every episode, sometimes multiple times when my co-host screws <laughs> up. So anyhow, thanks for coming to the show. This is our recap of USC 298, which turned out to be a very good event for us in our picks. Uh, obviously a good event for me, Jeff Chalks Fox, because it was a chalky event. And I predicted it would be chalky and I was correct this time, which is good. Um, so we'll recap that. Some fun fights, though, as well. Um, changing of the guard. New breed, all that, all that jazz as well. So we'll talk about that. We will preview a very solid fight night card next week because it's not in the Apex. It's actually um, they're going down and below the border uh, to Mexico. So they're they're putting on actually a good fight card with lots of flyweights. So, so you know it should be a fun one. Uh, we'll get to all that after we uh, recap our amazing picks at uh, UFC 298. Oh, and of course, most importantly, the much awaited, much anticipated main event of usc 300 was uh was announced and boy was it worth the wait so we'll discuss that as well it was a fantastic night it was actually a fight that my co-host did not predict he had like a million different things that could happen and the usc like oh yeah hold my beer check out this jamal hill headliner usc 300 so anyhow i've given him lots to riff off he insists on riffing off things i have to give him have to set him up give him the alleys he does the oops it's one and only daniel gumby vreeland let's see what path he takes so, so from the the sound of it too, you know, you're right. I didn't have Jamal Hill versus Alex Pereira. I thought for sure Izzy, if it was going to be at 205, possibly going up to 265 and fighting Aspinall. Uh, you know, I thought there were a lot of different options out there. But did you see the interview with Jamal Hill? He did one with uh, Aaron Bronstetter, uh, fellow Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, of yours. <laughs> They're all fellow I, I helped, Canadian. I helped right? get him a job. I helped get him a job way back in the day. A yeah, non-paying so- job, but a job, a job nonetheless. Um, no, I didn't. I saw a headline that Hill didn't know about it till yesterday or something. Yeah, that it came from an interview with Aaron. Yeah, it's that like he he was like, oh, it wasn't even on my radar until they called me yesterday. So to me, I, I think my theory was correct. I think they had Alex Pajeda on lockdown. They they maybe thought they had Izzy on lockdown or thought they had him close to being on lockdown. And DDP wasn't ready medically, is my guess. Uh, it sounds like they had about 700 options to make a Leon Edwards fight happen, yep. and everybody turned it down either due to injuries or Ramadan. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Jamal Hill sprung up here because maybe Aspinall didn't want to fight a light heavyweight on virtually no fight camp, or you know, maybe he's got money uh, gripes about what they're doing with him, or just gripes in general about their matchmaking. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know that this makes it so that UFC 300 is much different. I thought they were going to do three title fights, but like I feel right around what I would feel like if this somehow wound up being Izzy versus DDP. Like I, this is a slightly worse fight from that, but like the, the fight card wasn't resting on that, right? The fight card is resting on the fact that like, you know, everybody on that fight card top to bottom, it opens with Cody Garbrand versus uh davis and figueredo like it's two former champions on the very first prelim of the night and both who want to take each other's heads off and have the ability to do so uh and have potentially questionable chins at this point so like they packed it with people you know who are going to give action fights anyway so i i I don't know necessarily that i'm 
I'm bummed out at this uh, ritual killing that they seem to have booked. <laughs> so the UFC 300 cake will be delicious. The icing, eh, not so much. The, right. the undercard, undercard's fantastic, obviously. Um, I love the other title fight on it. Let, let's let's China versus not China title fight. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about Yan Chanan and, and Wang Jai Li is, is just being an absolute banger of a fight that I, I think people are sometimes forgetting is, is happening here. Any chance Gumby gets to flex his pronunciation of Yao Yan Shanan, he he will he will take it. So he may not even like the fight, actually, folks. He's uh, <laughs> he just wants to brag that he knows how to say it. So, so you, you're you're not upset the UFC just looked around the UFC Apex and like, oh, hey, that drunk guy, he works for us, right? Let's get that, <laughs> let's get that drunk guy to uh, to headline UFC 300. Yeah, I I I don't mind. It's somebody who will box with Alex Pajeda. Uh, I, I think, you know, <laughs> very, very punchy Chuck Liddell said this in an interview recently. They interviewed Chuck Liddell. Didn't look great for the record. Uh, and, and they asked him, who do you want to see headline UFC 300? And he said, Alex Pajeda. And they were like, against yeah. you. He was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of how, by, by the time we got to this, like two months away, like it's going to need to be booked soon part. That's kind of where I was at too. I kind of wanted to see Alex Pajeda just. Fuck somebody for the record but we we have done breathalyzers on um jamal hill so we don't know if he's drunk or not he, he just acts that way plus that place. was your claim not mine yeah, <laughs> oh not yes mine. i just Gumby's said he's not backing up chuck, in this fight either i just said chuck goodell's uh voice is no longer is yeah no longer as staple as it used to be <laughs> um now nah, i've lost my train of thought great oh i know i guess the reason like you would think with this main event that's not going to blow people's socks off like they like the promoter dana white likes to hype up um you would think they put in they would put another title fight you would think they'd be like okay we gotta have leon fight someone now on this card too but who though it... if if three apart he, he he was very complimentary of leon edwards which yeah is weird, which is crazy never, right he's never complimented yeah. leon edwards once in his whole life <laughs> um Leon Edwards had to fight 455 consecutive times before getting the title shot. That now, and he then he sat out, which makes him super angry too when people do right, that. Right, yeah. right, right, and couldn't get to the U.S. because of COVID stuff for a little while. That was also preventing him from getting title. Whatever, but he was like very complimentary. He said, "I offered him three people." And when you think of, and I was mentioning this in the Discord, by the way, hop in it, sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/discord. When I was mentioning it in the Discord, I was like, "Who else could it have been?" He said he offered it to three people: Bilal who seemingly could be doing the Ramadan thing, might not be physically ready. Who knows? Shavkat, who I was told has an ankle injury. And then uh, Kamzat, who said he won't fight during Ramadan anymore. So like you got three guys there and I can't think of anybody else who would get offered it in the welterweight division. So like if none of those three guys can make it happen and Gilbert Burns is already booked with Jack Della Maddalena, like who else are you going to give that title shot to? Like, yeah, the the thought of getting Leon Edwards on there is good, but like against who? And they have to worry about UFC 301, which is less than a month after UFC. They got a title fight for that one already, though. They already got a title fight for that one. Don't what do they get? What are they? Uh, I heard Pantoja's is defending on it. Oh, okay, but it, there's like a question sense. mark of who he's defending against, but like, yeah. I don't know. There's a billion good flyweights you could put him up against. Like, you could put that. Yeah. That a Manel Cape fight, you could if uh Moreno or Roy Vall walks out of Saturday unscathed, you could put one of them on there two months later. I'm sure Roy Vall would, you know, be very happy to get a second shot at, at Pantoja, uh, regardless of what the recovery time looked like and the jumping right back at a training camp looked like. Um, you know, th th there's people at Flyweight, they will find an opponent for him. Were they I guess they announced the Hill thing before the main event last night? Like before Volkanovski fought? I think it was after, not, if I'm being honest. Yeah, were they waiting? Were they hoping Volkanovski wins quickly? Because he he was putting his name out that he he would be willing to fight at UFC 300 as well. Uh, and then when he got knocked out, they're like, okay, well, that's all. It's there. possible. Never but know, again, right? uh, again, I, I always just have to raise the question. Against who? Because uh, yeah. the thing about featherweight is that there's not a lot of challengers who like seem like they could hype or they could sell UFC 300 right now. Because yeah. right, Max is... Max is booked. You could always run him against Max again, and people would buy into it. I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but I, you know, people would buy into it. But you know, Aljamain Sterling is already booked, so if you wanted him coming up a weight and challenging, that's gone. Uh, Arnold Allen kind of got squashed recently, so you don't have that anymore. I mean, Mosar Evloyev. Would you headline UFC 300 with Mosar Evloyev? 
<laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, well, it's it's got us talking at the very least. And it kind of leads into last night's main event as well. Uh, talked about featherweights and who who could be next. Is there anything left in featherweight for the new champion? All that stuff. And we'll get into that in a moment after I tell you about our friends at game time. The spot for last minute tickets. I was on there recently looking for tickets. Neil Young is touring again. My son wants to see him. He's coming to Toronto. $1,100 tickets is, are the best seats available now. So, yeah, probably not going to happen, whether it's through game time or anywhere else. So, And now my son thinks he's he's not a good man because he, he's like, I thought he was a good guy. Why is he charging so much for tickets? I'm like, yeah, good good point, kid. I guess you can't be good and a capitalist. But anyhow, game time is the spot <laughs> for last-minute tickets. All right? It is the place for last-minute ticket deal. So maybe I'll just wait until May when it's closer to the concert and see if there's any good deals. Because you don't have to... Uh, plan months in advance when you got game time. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code. We got a new code. Pay attention, Jeff and everyone else. SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code SGPN. For $20 off, download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And our friends at Underdog Fantasy are with us as per usual. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, college basketball, MMA, they got it all. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players, fantasy stats, and cash in. You win 100 times with some spicy plays. Gumby, it's kind of quiet in the sports world. Do you have any spicy plays? Yeah, if you get this before the uh, the NBA All-Star game tonight, uh, which this is coming out just slightly before that, jump yeah. on uh, Luka Doncic's lower than his points total. They've got him pegged for 11.0 points. Luka doesn't give a damn about the All-Star game. He usually scores like four or five points in them. Uh, so yeah, take the lower than 11. He's the one person that doesn't care about the All-Star game. He Everybody really doesn't. I, I went back and I looked at all of his box scores because I wrote yeah. this up for my underdog fantasy article on the sports gambling podcast.com. Uh, and yeah, he had eight last year and it was like twice his average. <laughs> yeah. All right. Watch along and see. Uh, do we really want to tell people to watch along? I won't. I won't be. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch it. Watch along on your, uh, on your phone. Watch along on the, uh, on the score app and, uh, or the, uh, fantasy sports app and, and or any kind of sports app just follow along that way you don't have to watch this horrible game make your picks and maybe make, make a little cash over on underdogs mobile app or website underdogfantasy.com and when you sign up with the promo code mma sgpn underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks that's underdog fantasy promo code mma sgpn have any has anyone sent you any screenshots gumby in the discord no MMA, a couple of people told me they signed up before like a long time ago and yeah. i was like i don't think that's what we're doing here guys uh but yeah if MMA. you, yep, you sign ahead. up with mma sgpn on uh on our on you know the underdog app send me a screenshot either by twitter or, or discord or whatever and we'll hook you up with some underdog gear there you go as long as, as long as we still got some at that point as long as you, so, yes, yeah, yes. yeah yeah make, make sure we they could be going fast they could be going fast so don't delay sign up today all right let's talk about this event um ufc 298 Good event, right? Overall, before we jump I into so. it, I yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. The, the, both because a lot of the things we said were going to happen yeah. happen, you know, perfectly. I, I'm going to go on a limb here. Good judging, uh, some some pretty good judging. Yeah, uh, we which kind of some tight tight fights. Yep. It, but, but like that one tight fight in particular, I thought for sure the judges were about to f it up, and they didn't. Uh, yeah. Um, and then yeah, uh, I, I mean action. No matter what, that's what you're looking for. You're looking yeah. for action. Yeah, I well, maybe you're the wrong person to ask though. I ask because I wonder if it's just because my picks are doing well or if actually it was fun. But your picks did well. I think it was fun. Stuff. I'm the type and of yeah. person who, when his picks go bad, will still tell you it was a fun thing. <laughs> Very good. They never go bad though for Gumby. Uh, happened last night, Honda Center, Anaheim, California. 18,186 people in attendance, including one of the world's most richest men uh, in the front row. Uh, the gate was about $7.3 million. Uh, attendance gate, and since this is in California, we got fighter purse info, official fighter, fighter purse info. I will have all that on moneymma.substack.com. There's a cheap plug for you right there. So I will get all that out. California is one of the last commissions that have not been strong armed by the UFC into uh, hiding fighter pay. So, um, 
We'll take it while we can. All right. Main event was Ilya Topuria doing what a lot of people expected him to do. We can't really consider this shocking, I guess, because this was a very, very close fight on paper. Um, he knocked out Alexander Volkanovsky 332 into the second round. Um, passing the torch, you'd have to say Volkanovsky been knocked out in two straight fights, even though we both had him pegged to win this one, but he's lost two straight. He's he's past that mythical age of 35 as a featherweight. I don't foresee him getting back up on the mountaintop, even though he's asking for a, a uh, automatic rematch. Uh, I don't really want to see it, but as Gumby kind of laid out, there's not a heck of a lot of options, perhaps, unless because basically the de facto number one contender fight's not happening until what April with um, Aljamain Sterling. So Aljamain Sterling, well, I guess Calvin Cater, if he wins, I, I would throw a monkey, monkey wrench into that. But uh, yeah, I threw a bunch of I just threw is a that, bunch of words. Is that out April there. or is that April or March? Is that two ninety nine or three hundred? Uh, I think it's. Oh, you're right. I think it might be two. It's I think no, three hundred. But it, I but think it's, it's three hundred. But but still, you have to imagine Aaliyah is not planning on fighting in may right like he's probably yeah. fighting june or july anyway so that would yeah. give one of them a couple of months to turn it around if uh they work as a challenger yeah i i, I think they might do volk too sort of just because uh we're, we're at this point where like what do we have left for volk because he's kind of at this crossroads and it's a sad crossroads but like it seems like every fighter gets there do, do you send him down to fight you know, Mobsari Vloyev and turn him away and sort of become the Max Holloway of the division who just makes it so that no challenger ever rises up? Or do we give him one last title shot and when he doesn't succeed, which I kind of at this point in time don't really feel like he's gonna. Um, yeah. You know, like, yesterday was sort of an exclamation point on the chin for me as I was like, uh, yeah, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't just the short camp and stuff. Maybe it is. He's 35 and taking some shots and been in some wars. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, why not get one more big title shot out of him and say like, this is his last run. Cause I bet you, you know, he, he despite the, all he says about competition, you know, he is a guy with a couple of little girls and, and clearly a good life and has been taken care of financially and all that kind of stuff. I think if you had three successful or six consecutive, ooh, let's try that again. Consecutive knockout losses. You sound like you sound like me on the microphone now. Jeez. I think he, I think he right off into the sunset. I think that'd be the end for him. You know, uh, as long as there's this idea that he could potentially win again, which I I think there is, you know, like not, not that, um, not that I'd be picking him in a rematch against Tapuria, but he won round one. He was up around on Aaliyah Tapuria, which not a lot of people can say, uh, there's not a lot of people out there who can say they were up around on Aaliyah Tapuria at any point in time. So I, I would say, you know, like, I don't see a problem with running it again, as long as there's just a caveat that like this is kind of it for Volk and, and you might as well give him one more run while, while you can, because he's a legend of the sport. And if they do run it again, we are not picking him to win. Correct. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, the, the, I mean, like I said, it was a close first round. All three judges gave it to Volk. There's obviously reason for optimism there, but you would have to imagine after being knocked out twice like that and fighting a guy with big knockout power like that, he'd probably be lined in the plus 200 range on that, that fight on the return. And that's classic aging fighter thing. They they look yeah. good until they get they caught don't. in a fight and then they don't look good. But yeah. enough of the negative part. Let's talk about Ilya Topuria. He's lived up to the hype um, that, that he's uh, he himself has put out there. Uh, he's 15-0 now, five knockouts, eight submissions, seven in the UFC. Um, a young upcoming champ in a division that's what? Bear, maybe. Yeah. Walking off, kind of wrecked the division, right? He's got to they got to build it back up now. And a guy too who has incredible knockout power and like was able to crowd Volkanovsky, which like not a lot of people have been able to do is to like get in his kitchen and force him to fight that kind of fight. And on top of that, we're we're overlooking the fact that Tapuria also is an excellent wrestler and we did not see any of that in the fight. Um which, which is obviously probably part of his game plan, right? Like not tire himself out trying to wrestle Volk, who is an outstanding defensive wrestler as well. But like, I mean, like that that's a huge wrinkle people are going to have to deal with in the future, right? If Aljamain Sterling does wind up the number one contender here, I don't like his chances to wrestle Topuria. Uh, and then you you got a boxing match between him and Topuria. And I'll tell you who I lean towards on that one for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we try to figure out who's next and, and all that stuff, but a lot of it comes down to when the UFC needs uh, a title fight, who, who's available, and that person gets the fight. So 
Who else could it be, though, other than Aljamain Sterling or perhaps a rematch with Volkanovski? Is it really? I was looking through the rankings that I do on that Substack I mentioned earlier, Money MMA. Um, not No one really jumps off the page. Uh, there's, there's two more that stick out for me. Okay. Uh, no, no matter what happens in the fight with Gaethje, you could run Max Holloway in there. Um, nobody's going to blink twice if you say Max Holloway is fighting to yep. next. Like that's yep. he, he even sort of laid the seeds for that that fight in uh in an interview where he said there's a reason they didn't give to to me first and it's because they wanted this fight to happen uh and, and like that first of all very succinct and a great soundbite and second of all good job laying that scene you could say Movsar Vloyev too but I think Dana White hates his guts so <laughs> uh uh probably not him why does he hate him I don't know. He said his last fight was the most boring he's ever seen. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't even really agree. Like, it wasn't a great fight, but I I don't agree that it was super boring. Uh, But I I just think – I also don't think Mozart poses any threat to Aaliyah Tapuria. Like, none at all. Uh, He's a below – he's not as good of a wrestler as him, and he's about one-eighth of the striker he is. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd just get torn apart. So – I'd like to see I'd like to see either the rematch or probably Max Holloway and, and even give Volk or even give Aldo just a little bit of time to figure out what he's doing at featherweight. Oh, I forgot Brian Ortega's back. Everything is Oh yeah, he's fighting Yair Rodriguez. <laughs> Him or Yair one, Rodriguez too. Yeah, exactly. He's he's won one fight in the past five years. So Brian Ortega obviously is the pick. I mean, if Yair Rodriguez wins that fight too, you could probably yeah. argue Yair Rodriguez versus Aliyah Tapuria would be a banger too. I completely forgot about that fight, and that's this weekend. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. Um, so good job on you, Mr. Tapuria, getting the job done. Co-made event. Uh, actually, no, let, let me tell you about the rest of our sponsors, and then we'll rip through the rest of the card. Hall of Fame bets. Don't want to forget about telling you about them. Win bigger by betting smarter this NBA season. With Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players with hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Co-main event, surprisingly competitive. And it um, happened. And it happened. Yes. Yeah, two <laughs> things. Right. Paula Costa surprised us on two fronts. Uh, he showed up and he actually fought pretty well here, uh, but uh, not well enough. He probably did the most damage of the fight, at least uh, visible damage on Robert Whitaker, but Whitaker got the win. 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. Yeah, I, I don't mind any of those judges' scorecards. In fact, I'm pretty sure I predicted them uh, on the, right before the cards came out. I'm like, one judge is going to give Whitaker the first because despite the fact that he landed that spinning back kick and, you know, jelly-legged him for a second, I, I don't know. Uh, he got beat up the rest of the, the round. Uh, not really much to say here other than Whitaker's clearly better than Paulo Costa, um, but it was nice to see, like, Paulo Costa show up with, like, a full training camp and a clear game plan and, like, mostly execute some of that game plan um it makes me think like oh hey it, it, it's a shame we missed a whole bunch of time while paula costa like danced around fights and made silly memes and and didn't fight like it's kind of a bummer that that happened but meanwhile robert whitaker kind of reasserts himself into a title picture that's kind of empty and has a fresh face at the top of it so uh yeah fun fight not really much to say other than that though yep that's pretty much it. Yeah. It hasn't, didn't, yeah, whatever. Whitaker got hurt like he does in every fight now, which is probably why he's not ever going to get back to the top again. But um, you got to win, <laughs> which is important. Um, all right. Walter Wait, Ian Machado Gary passed the test as we both predicted. Oh, yeah. We got the main event wrong, which kind of ended the night on a sour note, but didn't get much else wrong here. We had Whitaker. We had Machado Gary over Jeff Neal. Split decision low, closer than we had hoped for 30 27, 28 29, 30 27 for Machado Gary used his distance stayed out of danger like we predicted a lot a lot a lot of blah 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 i said uh mostly good judges scorecards i completely forgot that that one happened by the way that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that Der- Derek clearly scored that fight for for jeff neal uh whereas the other two judges including sal diamato uh had that fight 30 27 the way i thought it should be it was a little bit closer though uh neal, neal gave him a little bit of trouble 
I don't know what, whether or not, and, and maybe you can answer this question. I, I don't know whether or not I should start asking myself, is Ian Gary doing the smart thing by just like not putting it all on the line now that he's fighting a higher tier of competitions, the Jeff Neal's and the Neil Magny's of the world? Or is he like afraid of getting hit by somebody who hits hard? Uh, and I'm not quite sure where I fall on that. And in like, he looks so dominant against guys early, you know, like the Derek or uh, Daniel Rodriguez types. And now he's kind of, it's not that he's not winning and he's not convincing me he's good, but it's like, he's not putting it out there like he, he was before. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. This tends to happen though, right? As people move up the ladder. It does. Exciting, to, exciting to begin with. And I'm like, oh, they're boring now. So yeah, it could be either of those things. Uh, it could be the competition level has just gotten too difficult for him to, uh, he feels like he has to conserve um, or he's having trouble finding his spots to, to put the uh, pedal to the metal. Hard to say. And I don't know if there's, do you have a fighter in mind that would test this theory or test him? I don't. I, I mean, like, I think, yeah. you know, like there's some really bad options moving forward. Like if you give him yeah. Wonder Boy, it's, he's just going to, that's going to be a crazy point fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he asked for Colby Covington. I guess that would yeah. probably be the best stylistic matchup to find out about him. Because if Colby Covington came in looking anything like his old self and not like the one that fought Leon Edwards, that pressure that he brings and the wrestling that he brings would force Ian Gary to do some things he hasn't done yet. Uh, and so, like, maybe that's the right answer. Like, I, I kind of do like the Colby Covington fight. You make him headline, uh, like, a, a card in Ireland or something like that, like a fight night card in Ireland, Colby versus Ian Gary. Colby gets to play the ultra villain on foreign soil, and then you get Ian Gary uh, with the hometown crowd. Like, could be good. Does, is Colby willing to fight? fights no. like that anymore no yeah. <laughs> i don't know what okay. he's willing to do all he's done yeah. is fight title fights and uh tyron woodley that that's all he's yeah. fought in like the last yeah, few right. years so go. like i i don't know um so, i don't so know what really willing. will happen with, with he, ian gary then but when he got he got beaten by leon edwards and in although he seemed convinced he won that fight um when he got beat by leon edwards he recognized he said like it's time for me to you know, start fighting some of these up and comers or something. Now, whether or not he actually means that, we'll certainly see. Because if he gets embarrassed yeah. by somebody like Ian Gary, uh, you know, like he, the, the fake bravado that he has will be truly broken. Because you know, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's a safe fight for him to go to Ireland though and fight there because then he can claim that the judges were fixed or something like that. Yeah, exactly. When he gets beat. Yeah, that's perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Uh, we have Marab. The village Billy beating God, Henry so Cejudo. <laughs> it happened 29 28. Cejudo, another kind of like Costa, surprised us, uh, at least in, in the first round. But then it got to be too much and he got swallowed up by the Devilish Billy uh, tidal wave. Minus 200, we had in Devilish Billy here. Dude, Devilish Billy is Devilish. so freaking fun. Like, if you told me there would be a guy who would just shoot 70 takedowns every fight he had and uh just run a motor like nobody's ever seen before i would be like that doesn't sound particularly fun <laughs> and yep. somehow he makes it so entertaining maybe it's the 10 finger guillotine he was trying to hit while he was you know nodding to mark zuckerberg in the second row yep. like had a conversation with mark zuckerberg in the middle of trying to hit a guillotine like you could see at the end of that second round sahuda was a broken man uh, he was like, I don't understand how this, I wrestled for a billion years, won a gold medal in the Olympics. And I genuinely don't understand how this guy is still moving like this. Uh, it just yeah. blows me away. And, and that's, I mean, I, I've joked before about somebody's cardio being their best weapon is, is never a good thing in MMA. He may be the exception to that rule. Cause man, is he good, uh, with that cardio. I, I really hope this means we get to see him versus, uh, Sean O'Malley. Because that is a fight that uh, I, I feel like we got to see. I, I know that Marab gets hit a lot, and I think that that's a bad news against Sean. But, I mean, all he needs to do is survive one of those and then tire Sean out. And it might just work. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope he gets the winner of Cheeto and Sean O'Malley. I'm not overlooking Cheeto. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I hope he gets the winner of that fight. Um, The boss says he does, and Dana White doesn't lie, so... Yeah, it's true. He's never fight. given somebody a title fight and taken it away. True. Good point. Yeah, yeah come on. Um, yeah, did did Suhudo, uh, it's a Suhudo. I gave him a new name, Suhudo. 
did Sududu did Sududu do a fake retirement again? I I didn't. I don't pay attention to him. I so. I didn't see it, but I don't know if they. I'm pretty sure they didn't give him the mic, so he he didn't yeah. get the opportunity to go on and his own trip. <laughs> you know how we talked? Was it last time we talked about him fumbling the bag hard? Um, yeah. when he fake retired. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, further proof, if you've taken a look at the salary data, which by the way, you can at moneymma.substack.com. Uh, <laughs> if, if you took a look at the salary data from last night, did you say he, see he made less money than Mackenzie Dern did last night? Um, this is yes, a guy who yes, is, this yeah. is a guy who is a double champion gold medalist. And he walked away from the sport trying to like get more money out of them and look at how well it worked. He's making less than Mackenzie Dern. Um not, not that Mackenzie Dern wasn't getting a good payday, like props to Mackenzie Dern, but like yeah. you would think somebody with that kind of pedigree would be getting more money than that. And it's clearly yeah. that he just, he fumbled that one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he did. All right. Uh, I just got an email from an unnamed bookie or uh, um, place that puts odds. Sports books is the word you're looking sports for. Book sports book. <laughs> All right. To Puria Volkanovsky, tell me the opening odds for a rematch if they have one. Uh, it will open Volk plus 185 to minus 215. Minus 240 plus 205. So, yeah, you're okay. right, right in the range. Right there. Yeah, Pereira right. Hill. Uh, Pajeda negative 300 Hill plus 260. Minus 155 plus 135. What? There is some, some value there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That won't stay that way. <laughs> yeah. Once uh, once us and the Dijans get in on there. Um, all right. The opener. I got right. Gumby got wrong. Ha ha ha. Um, I didn't feel good about this pick. I felt so unsure about it. I included copy lobby in my uh, DraftKings uh, lineup. So there you go. Anthony Hurt, Fluffy Hernandez came through though. He passed a big test here. Took care of Roman Kopilov, got him to the ground and rear naked choked him. 323 into the second round. I had Hernandez at minus 220. It was a far closer fight than that. Um, short notice maybe played into that line a bit. Kopilov was on short notice, but yeah, Hernandez, Passed a test. Pretty impressive. Yeah, Kabilov looked good in the first. Those body mm-hmm. kicks looked like they were going to do some work for him. But, uh, yeah, Hernandez, I, I don't know if his wrestling is good or just, like, the way he pressures with his striking leads him to to being easier in wrestling. But it seemed like those takedowns late were a lot easier than you thought they'd be. And that's a – what is that, five in a row for Hernandez? Like, you got to imagine he's getting a pretty decent step up here. Like, he, he – I, I mean, if if Paul Craig wasn't already booked with Kai Bohio, I would already be booking him with Paul Craig, um, as like just like a cool grapple match. Um, but you know, like somebody of that kin, it should probably be next for him. He already was ranked, and this is middleweight, so there you go. Um, decent wins too during that streak. Hadolfo Vieira, that's aged very well. Mark Andre Barrios, a solid win. Eben Shabazian, eh, maybe maybe that didn't age so well. And then and then Kopilov. So yeah, um, keep your eyes on Fluffy. All right, so that's the main card. I went four and one. Gummy went three and two. Prelims, Amanda Lemos was our lock of the week, and she came through over Mackenzie Dern. 29, 28, 28 uh, across the board. Uh, we had Lemos minus 130. We said it was an awesome value pick. Fight went the way we expected it. Dern is wild on the feet. She's not just unrefined offensive striking, but def- defensively as well, um, as as her face showed after the fight. She, she got beat up bad. She's game. Um, she actually had a nice takedown, which is rare for her. Um, and nice her ground game leg. looked her ground game looked incredible. Yes, last night. All, all that, yeah. N- none of that's none of that's new, though. That's the problem. Uh, and the fact that she's not good at striking is not doing new. it against somebody like Amanda Lemo is just new. Not that yeah. she's never looked good on the ground, but like you know, go back to her main event against uh, Marina Hotiguez, uh, way back in the day. And uh, she, she didn't look outstanding on the mat against somebody like Marina. And like, this seemed like a tougher grappling matchup for her and she continues to get better there. But yeah, to your point, like on the feet, it was one way traffic. Um, and I'm really glad the judges got it right. I think a lot of people, um, maybe a lot of people who don't score fights all that often thought for sure Dern won the first because she got a late takedown and didn't do anything with it. Um, but I, I think all the judges giving Lemos the first was the smart one and and likely led to her winning this appropriately. And the fact that all of them got it was shocking to me too. So uh, yeah, good judges scorecards, good fight. Uh, again, yeah. we said good value on Amanda Lemos in that fight and uh, it, it did turn out to be good good value so yep. uh you know props all around for that 
we always talk about the losers here. Lamosh looked very good as well, bouncing back after a title fight loss. She, she looked really good. I just want to share with you too, by the way, that two of the, uh, if, if you look at the media scores for this, they were mostly yeah, all hundred percent on it. Um, every, every single person gave it to, uh, Amanda Lemos, uh, with the exception of three, two folks from sure dog scored it a draw as did combat <laughs> press. Um, and you just can't, you, you can't make this up. <laughs> They're so bad at it. <laughs> Combat press seems like something I I used to hear you mention a lot back in the day, didn't I? Combat press? You mean cage no? Maybe shot not combat. press. Cage. I, ooh, I still do you work still for cage shot press. Yeah. It's true. I, I I thought I thought we had some beef with no uh, no no. Beef. They, no. They, they they score they score fights exceptionally well over at cage shot press. <laughs> of uh. course. <laughs> All right, uh, Marcos Hojera de Lima versus Tafa. Except here's the catch. The, Different did, one. Did the old switcheroo like like the tw- like twins do. Uh, it was not Ju- uh, just Justin Taffa who got injured on Wednesday and could not fight. It was his brother, little brother, Junior Taffa. Wasn't a very nice thing to do, sending your brother in there on short notice because he got his leg eaten up. Um, leg kick. It says leg kick and punches TKO, but basically it was a T- uh, leg kick TKO. Marcus Hogero de Lima kicks really, really hard. Uh, and he did that through the 6-14 that this fight lasted. Yeah, I, I, uh, I said... You know, I had Justin Taffa, not Junior. Uh, and I yeah. think he might have been a little bit more pushing forward with the boxing should that fight have actually have happened. Um, he also would have been less probably afraid of the grappling, whereas his brother, uh, notably not particularly good at grappling. You know, not much to say about this one. Guy took a uh, fight on one day's notice, filled in for his brother, and uh, yeah. he, he looked like crap. So, uh, yeah, do it that way you will. <laughs> it's fun. This is like uh, old back in the day regional mma tag i'm sure it still happens now in regional mma guy fills in uh guy fills in wearing jeans in the fight stuff like that uh, but happened on the biggest stage uh of of the sport uh Rinya nakamura got maybe got more of a a challenge than he was expecting from a short notice debuting carlos vera but um vera's carlos vera's issue was he he, he was willing to grapple with uh, a world championship wrestler and he ended up losing three rounds to none, but he was a lot more game than uh, than a guy should have been who was fighting someone who was minus eleven hundred when we broke down this fight. Yeah, his his grappling actually held up well. I I think the big issue that he had there was he kept going for like really low percentage submissions. You know what I mean? Like yeah. anything not, with the leg. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I I mean like not. Don't get me wrong. People are gonna hit leg locks. I've seen people hit mm-hmm. leg locks. Uh, Jamal Emmer's tapped to Pat Sabatini's leg lock. You know, like it it's. It's a thing that can happen. We saw one in Octagon uh, last weekend. And, and like, we'll see leg locks happen again. But just like when you've thrown four of them up and he's done the perfect thing to escape them all four times, maybe it's just time to use it to sweep or maybe it's time to throw something else up because he wasn't even using it to sweep is the problem is that he was coming out on top of none of these exchanges. I also think you have to give Rinya Nakamura credit here because he fended off all of those submission attempts flawlessly and like they weren't hard. And I, I do think more credit needs to be given to how good Carlos Vera's jujitsu is. Cause maybe I wasn't crediting it as well as I should have, but like his jujitsu looked pretty damn good. Um, he was doing things mm-hmm. very technically. It was just maybe not like the best decision-making, but still you can't take anything away from Nakamura's ability to get out of it, move to a good position, land a couple of hammer fists and avoid the next attempt. So uh, I'm still equally as high on Nakamura as I was before. Yep, definitely. Another, another, um, hurdle, uh, hurdled, another hurdle hurdled for Rinya Nakamura. Uh, he, here's one where Gumby got right and I got wrong. So we'll let him gloat a little bit here. Um, light heavyweight Zhang Ming Yang looked very good in his UFC debut, knocking it with punches 141 into the fight. Ben Brenzin Hibiero, uh, do we have something here in Zhang? I think? think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I said it on the show on Wednesday. Is like, look, the guy throws smart punches, doesn't overextend himself, looks like he knows how to box really exceptionally well. Um, I think he's working out with Dewey Cooper in Nixick now. Um, at least I saw a congratulations posted by Roy Nelson, and he usually only does that for people who come work out with them at, at Extreme yeah. Tour. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he's... He's at a good place. He seems to be, I mean, he looks so sharp against George Tokos, which was a fight I already thought kind of put him over the top for me as a prospect. And now 
I, and I, I said it, he was my, my uh, prop of the week, him by knockout yep. at plus 170. And I knew Brenton Hibiero overextends himself. And that was exactly what got him punished here. And, and so mm-hmm. for the fact that he can take advantage when other people are sloppy, dude, you know how far you can go at light heavyweight when you take advantage <laughs> of sloppy people? Like, dude, yeah. he, that is a, a absolute recipe for success. So yeah, I, I think we might have something with him. Yep. Gummy had to uh, hit a bigger prop than I did. Cause I, I hit a prop uh, to start off the night. So Gummy had a one up me as, as he does. So that was the regular prelims, early prelims. Go through this quickly. Danny Barlow did what we were hoping he would do. Left-handed God TKO'd Josh Quillen. Quillen wasn't really ready to quit, but he was he was done. He, was, he got he beat up pretty be bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, round three, one eighteen, and do we got something in Barlow? I'll, I'll keep asking you that about everyone now. Yeah, he's so fast um, yeah. and, and uses his length really well. Uh, th- there's a lot you can do at welterweight when you start using your length like that and clear clear punching power. So yeah, give me yep. give me more Danny Barlow, please. And Quinlan has never been finished. So uh, as you can tell by that fight, he's not a guy he's who's, who's easy to put up. <laughs> yep. So that was a very, uh, very impressive win for Mr. Barlow. Even though he talked to Gumby, it didn't rub off on him. Apparently Val Woodburn put up a fight in the first mm-hmm. round, but uh, Oban Elliott, um, the talent took over. Luckily for me, I had Oban Elliott to beat Val Woodburn. Uh, Welch Bay fight 20, 30, 27, 30, 30, 27, 29, 28. Are you impressed by Oban Elliott yet? I'm guessing no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. He got tagged just like I thought he would in the beginning of that fight. Val Woodburn maybe made a crucial mistake at that beginning. He tagged Oban Elliott and didn't try to circle away and just drop bombs again. He had him kind of wobbly, I think, in, in that early part of that fight. Uh, I don't think Val Woodburn is particularly good and maybe maybe not worth uh, putting your money on it. Although he did fight for your money. You got to give him that. Uh, And I, I just think if dude, if that's not the guy that Oban Elliott's finishing, like, yeah, who who is he going to finish? You know what I mean? Or like, and and if he's getting hit on the feet with that guy, which, you know, again, that Woodburn, not the most technical striker. What is he going to do when he faces somebody, you know, with with really technical striking, you know, what is he going to do when he faces a Danny Barlow? Um, It ain't going to end well. Yep, yep. Is that the fight you want to make next? Sure, <laughs> you want to sure. kill Oban Elliott? You sure. really don't like the guy. Do you? Wow. I, I don't not like him, but I, I will say <laughs> when I saw him on Contender Series, I wasn't impressed. So for any amount of hype that goes behind him, I'm, it, it, you know how I am. When I when I have a guy who's clearly getting hyped by the public and taking pictures with Shale Sunden and you know everybody's like, oh, you know, big purple. If if I don't see the talent that matches it, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And it's nothing against the guy. Like, it's not his fault. You know, he should ride as much hype as he can. Uh, but then instantly I'm, like, off of him 10 times more than I would be otherwise. Yep. And it's a, uh, a UK thing, too, as well. I, I think we're tired of UK fighters uh-huh. being overhyped, don't you think? Uh, like, ever, si- ever since Connor, you know, guys have really seemed to get not a lot of guys. Ian Gary's kind of living up to it, but not a lot of guys live up to the, the hype. I find. Uh, yeah. I'd, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the list of, of people and how much hype they got. Cause for yeah. everyone that does get tons of hype, there's probably another one who's getting overlooked like crazy. That's true. That's true. Um, we had, yes, we have another fight. Talk about this one. We started the night off, right? Um, my prop pick as well. Miranda Mavic via decision. And, and she got it done. Even though Andrew Lee was uh, at top position on the ground a few times, which made me a little nervous. I didn't expect that to happen, but Maverick, um, we didn't want to write her off, but things weren't looking good for her. Um, not too long ago, but now she's, she's, uh, she's maybe living up to the potential we, we saw in her originally. She's won three, four of her last five now, um, beat a crafty veteran, Andrea Lee, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. Um, like I said, we kicked things off, right? We had Maverick minus 180. I had her via decision plus 108. Yeah. And, and I think probably the best part of watching this fight was just how good her striking looked. Um, because that's, that's never anything we've ever said about Miranda Maverick before. So for her to come out and outstrike Andrea Lee, which I thought she was going to have to bully to win this fight. And it yeah. was actually kind of the opposite. Like in those, those moments were probably the worst ones. Cause Andrea Lee is super strong. 
Um, and instead, she was the much better striker in this fight, uh, which, again, never would have saw coming. Good for her. And, uh, yeah, she she's definitely a ranked flyweight right now. Um, you know, whether or not the, the rest of the panelists will put her in there, she's definitely a ranked flyweight. Ah, uh, Gumby's, Gumby's sh- telling you his ballot, apparently. He said yeah. the rest of the uh, – yeah, mm-hmm. so Gumby apparently is, is voting random African, which I, I can't really argue with that, I don't think. Um, on the night, 9-2 and two for me. Thank God. I needed a, a good week. I need a bunch of good weeks strung together here uh, in 2024. I won 212 bucks based off 100 bucks in every fight. Uh, Gumby, not too shabby. Eight and three, $119 earned. Uh, I'm at 54% on the year, which is what about 10% lower than I would like to be. Gumby's at 49%, right around where we expect Gumby to be, right? No, um, I'm a little better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and overall, I'm down 10%. He's down 16%. So that's got to improve. Um, props we both hit our locks they're both lamos gumby lost in copy live as his dog i had tafa the other tafa as my dog so i pushed <laughs> um and then Zhang ko plus 170 maverick decision plus 108 those both hit lamos decision one half of the hungry man jong hit but then gary did not win via knockout may oh is that why you're talking about him not putting his foot in the gas you were yeah a it, was little, kind of a it was kind of a bummer yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did real good with our consensus picks. We're finally over 50% on our consensus picks on the year. Not so good on underdogs, but not many people hit. I guess a lot of people hit Tapuria probably. Um, but it's yeah, barely an underdog. One, it was pretty much that's the only dog that like, came we, through. We didn't yeah. call that an underdog if we want, but it, it wasn't for portions of the week. So it's true. Uh, Lamos Duran was the fight of the night. Um, UFC loves when someone gets beat up really bad, and that usually wins fight of the night. Oh, that was a good back and forth. She had moments, yeah, and she won. She around. was game, she was game. Uh, and then Tapuria Hernandez. Zhang won performance of the night. UFC feeling not generous. Barlow. I didn't know this no. ahead of time. How did they leave yeah, Barlow, Barlow out of that? I know he's the guy that needs 50k too. A new guy in the UFC. Um, yeah, they they were feeling really generous. They gave out an extra fifty thousand bucks last night. Gumby, wow, right? Yeah, I should have given two. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, a monster long episode as per usual. But let's uh preview next week's. We I already told you. Already uh tickled you with a feather let you know uh what's happening this coming week but yeah it's a pretty good fight card arena cd mx in mexico city ufc fight night moreno versus roy ball too i'll run through the card quickly gumby has any um any thoughts on it he can jump in at the end main event brandon Roy moreno brandon roy ball part de probably winner probably fighting for a title very 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 soon because uh if they can stay healthy because ufc as Gumby alluded to, are probably looking for uh, them on the UFC 301 fight card in Brazil. Uh, we got Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega in the co-main event, as we already mentioned. Lightweights, Daniel Zellhuber, Francisco Prado. Bantamweights, Raul Rosas Jr., Ricky Tercios. That is a fun, weird fight. As we, we talked about <laughs> that one, uh, when it got first made. Women's strawweights, Yasmin Yaregi versus Sam Hughes. The up the uh, up-and-coming Sam Hughes turned her career around. Uh, then lightweights opening the main card, Manuel Torres versus Chris Duncan. Prelims, Christian Quinones, Jaune Barcelos, back again already. Uh, Jesus Santos Aguiar, or Jesus, you can call him if you like, versus Matias Mendoza, Mendoza, uh, Edgar Chariz, Daniel Lacerda, Claudia Puelas, first Zayam, Luis Rodriguez, Denis Bonder, Victor Ultramarino, Felipe Dos Santos, Eric Silva, Mohamed Naimov. Now this is the part where Gumby picks the most obscure fight off off of this lineup and talks about how that's the one he's most excited about. Go ahead. Claudio Puelesh versus Ferris Zayn. <laughs> there there no, you that go. That fight rules, man. That fight rules. Like I know everybody's like off of the Claudio Puelesh train, right? But like Claudio Puelesh is a guy who we were talking about potentially being a title challenger or being a top 15 guy not that long ago. He won five fights in a row, including two D bars, one on Clay Guida. Then he just kind of got worked by Dan Hooker, which like where's the shame in getting worked over by Dan Hooker? And all of a sudden now we're like, oh, the guy's a bum. Uh, that's a sick fight. And then Fair Zaim, on the other hand, is a guy who I wrote off after his debut loss to Don Madge. And since then he's four and one with a, a bunch of really good performances in there and just like kind of a tough fight with Terrence McKinney smacked in the middle. So that that's a fight where both guys one guy's won five out of his last six, one guy's won four out of his last five, and it's the you know, one of the first four fights on the night. This card is pretty awesome in terms of like really good Latin American prospects who we probably have forgotten about. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Eric Silva's a wild man too. That that's a fun fight yep. with uh, Mohamed Naimov. Yeah, fight night card stuck in the middle of all these uh, pay per views, the big pay per views they're building. Um, you would expect it to be pretty pretty poor, but no, this is a oh, very gosh. solid yeah. 
fight night offering. We will cover that next weekend, but we're going to be back. Surprise. All our regional MMA fans, which is a lot of you. We're doing another bonus episode this week. I asked the bosses. They oblige since basically if, if you people keep watching and listening to our regional stuff, we'll be able to do uh, lots more bonus. One episodes. every single day. <laughs> yeah. We'll do every day, five regional episodes every day. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to kick things off tomorrow. Our usual regional Monday episode is going to be LFA. Tuesday is not really regional. And it's a, it's a event I really had to twist Gumby's arm to do, but it's PFL versus Bellator, which sounds a lot better. A lot better. <laughs> the title sounds a lot better than it is. When we Especially because the title says champs on it. And yes. it's gone from having like five champ versus champ fights to having two. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully uh, the um, listeners and the viewers just see the title of the episode. I'm like, oh, <laughs> champ versus champ. That's going to be a sick card. I'm going to listen to this episode. But anyhow, we're going to break that down to you as well. Gumby will find something good there for us. He'll find winners regardless, whether he likes it or not. We're going to make him find winners. Um, in the meantime, we shall be in the Discord. I wasn't in there much last night. Was it fun in the Discord? Yeah, last there, night? there were tons of people, including uh, brand new people. Uh, good, so good, good. Maybe we'll maybe we'll give one of the we'll give LFA's episode tomorrow to one of those new listeners. Good. It's maybe it's better for me just to stay out of the Discord. Then <laughs> that's uh, why I'm they were all there. Away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My brother's birthday. I was watching fights on my phone, but I was not in the Discord. But anyhow, Discord is fun. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. And it's surprisingly non-toxic environment on, on the internet. So if you're looking for a breath of fresh air, that's it. To, to just talk, you know, fights and have some fun. Joke around. Um, not have anyone um, call you names. That's the spot to go. Um, you can call me names, though, if you want. That's fine. Uh, where else? Twitter, that's not so toxic. We don't really have much control <laughs> over that. But we're SGPN. Actually, People that interact with us aren't are, are pretty nice on Twitter. Yeah, as well. Just, yeah. Occasionally, somebody says something rude, uh, but yeah, but, but it's rare. for for Twitter, it's like the best place on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> SGPN MMA would be the best hang. Uh, also, Gumby Vreeland and Jeff Fox Writer, they're all good hangs on Twitter. Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. Uh, I told you about my Substack, moneyamma.substack.com. Get in there; you can get the fighter payouts for last night. Once I finally post it, which will hopefully shortly after you hear this, they will be live. And I will have my pick them up again for tomorrow, uh, Monday, because UFC, as we told you, is running again this coming weekend with a very good fight card. You can win this stuff for free. Uh, Top Turtle MMA Podcast, Gumby's got that. Maybe we'll give you more of a preview of next week's episode on uh, on the episodes we're doing soon, but make sure you listen to Top Turtle. And as Gumby said, sportsgamblingpodcast.com is where you can get all our writing, including our underdog MMA picks, all underdog uh, NBA picks, excuse me, all that good stuff, and our MMA articles. Everything good in the world is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store, and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, we're going to get out of here so we can get back in your ears tomorrow. Tomorrow, it will be me, the Walsh Gangster, and uh, Bushido, Gumby Vreeland, will be your riding shotgun, and we'll talk to you about LFA then. Bye.